Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Roz, here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the opening line. You're here with Vin Witzel and Roz himself. We are back another week of the Wits. Uh, I'm excited. And that was supposed to come off sarcastically. It didn't. We're at, like, the roughest time of sports in the year because it's very early in baseball. Not, not quite. It's not February. Fe- okay, you're right, right. Right but before March Madness. not September, October. No, yeah. Not but, like, I, I know how big of a baseball fan you are, but at this point in the year, we're still so early on in the season. I mean, it's been fun. Trust me, the Cubs being where they're at right now uh, with their win streak, their nine of their last ten, I'm freaking loving that. But other than that... The NBA playoffs could not be a bigger miss this year for some reason. I think LeBron not being in the postseason is actually jeopardizing it a little bit. Uh, we're going to get into what's happened so far, but uh, the Warriors are just annoying, you know? Like, they give us hope that they're going to lose, tie the series up 2-2, and the Rockets finally look good. They even lose Kevin Durant in the last game and pull it off to win game five. But Wits, uh, before we get into the basketball stuff, let's just break down how life's going. How's that, how's everything on your end, Wits? It's been a minute. Things are going well, man. Um, it's been raining in Chicago like every other day, which is very annoying. Three softball cancellations so far. Um, first game of the year, hit two balls off the bottom of the fence. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty dinger happy. The power's coming back. I heard you said you're at a nice, lean 180, but some big arms. Big, big arm. I'm doing a lot of triceps. I'm getting on the elliptical, so things are things are moving. Um, I think the bat's going to come alive this year. I had a little bit of an off year last year, but I got I got promoted to pitcher, so now I'm the the pitcher hitter special. Uh, see, I think that's weak. I think when you get promoted that's... to pitcher, you're you're in for the long haul. You're like you've got another 50 years of pitching, and you're not going to move because I mean, any other position but, but you can play. Thing, but I I could play another position. I'm not I'm not like an old man, but uh... dude. You get you get stuck. You're gonna be tight now. You're you're. I'm, like, I'm gonna get stuck on this one team, but dude, let's be realistic. Twelve inch being a twelve inch softball pitcher is a pretty scary endeavor. It is. I'm gonna give you that credit. Because not only is there no arc limit on our throws, but it's it's like throwing batting practice. There's only so much you can do with the ball when you're. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a professional softball pitcher. You're not There's the dice K of do. softball. No, and I'm standing like 45 feet away, and some of these guys can still stroke it. So have you been popped yet? I did get popped in the foot my first game. (laughs) Um, This is what I'm saying. You have balls of steel. Um, Props to you for that's the only credit I give. 
Other than that, yeah. like I said, you're going to be a stiff old man the next time they like have you run out to a different position and you forgot exactly what you were trying to do. No, no I'm be like that eight-year-old kid dropping fly balls in left field. Oh. Uh, it's going to be ugly. But they'll always be always get the hit. That's fun. But, yeah, not happy about the rain in Chicago. It's, but uh, isn't that expected? Like That's the most annoying thing to me about softball. And in California, it happened to me before I fractured my hand. It's like we were having rainouts. Like the apocalypse is coming in California. We might break off from the continental United States soon. But in Chicago, you got to know there's going to be a lot of rain delays or at least yeah. a lot of games canceled. Yeah, no, there is going to be a lot of rain. But I think I think this is the worst season for high school baseball, I would say, in the past 15 years or so. I mean, I was talking to a couple guys who I know still go around the high school circuit, and they've said they've probably canceled 40 to 45 percent of their games. There's been just been so much rain. Um, but now back-to-back days, so that's just kind of disappointing for me to hear as a former baseball player. Um, so hopefully the weather kind of takes a turn. I mean, we're getting we're getting pretty good temperature-wise. You know, we're mid-50s, hopping into the 60s a little bit. Uh, but the rain's got to go away. Um, baseball season's going to turn up. It's going to be midsummer soon. We don't have to worry about the NBA anymore. Right, and then we only have baseball and the PGA Tour. But, uh, Wits, I think if we get enough reviews on iTunes – also, if people can give Wits entries like the Vin Witzel or Dwayne the Wits Johnson, if you if you can get those in there, I know it's a very important time of year with the Sports Illustrated cover coming out, and we've got some lovely ladies on that cover, but we'll give you our own cover. I will make sure if we get enough good reviews, I'll have Wits take his shirt off, do a couple poses. We'll do the opening line spread, and it'll be Wits. I might even throw some Photoshop, put him on uh, Vin Diesel's body, but uh Wits, it sounds like things are going well in Chicago. It's pretty great here in California, actually. I've got the siblings coming in next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm sitting here drinking a Golden Road beer while we're recording this episode. And I think it's time to get into what the people have come for. And uh, we're going to have to talk some NBA. Uh, but I'm actually. I want to start us off with the NBA because yes, I think. I was going to give the, that to you. I was handing it the- off. We're the first. We're the first people to say when we're wrong, and boy, were we wrong about the oh, Boston yeah. Celtics um, after game close. one. I mean, I was watching game one at my Sunday brunch post bowling league, feeling pretty good about our pick because they, they, you know, they swept the Bucks off the floor in game one. Here we sit four games later. Um, the Celtics just completely fell asleep, and I have to say this is pretty embarrassing for the Celtics. You know, a potential sixty win team um, that just quickly devolved into I think now you'd have to call it a disaster I mean how far this team got last year on the precipice of an NBA finals um you know they swept the undermanned Pacers in the first round and lost four straight games to the Bucks. and you know looks like Kyrie Irving might be departing this summer and I mean the Celtics I don't know where they go from here because you know losing I, I'm not a big fan of Kyrie but you know, if you remember back, he was a key, a very key piece to the Cavs winning that championship. And I think he's got a lot of potential. But just like a lot of NBA stars, just all this, all this negative energy all the time. Um, and I had to think that that had to play somewhat of a factor into the Celtics and the way they went out this year. But man, that was embarrassing. But on the other hand, congrats to the Bucks. Look like the you know the best team in the East, and they still look like it. So they're going to face off either between the Raptors and the Sixers in the conference finals, but Roz, you know, what, what'd you think about the Celtics here? Yeah. Interesting that you brought up the next, uh, the next series that could be, and I think the Sixers are making some noise, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. 
It's just power to Giannis, man. The Milwaukee Bucks look really good. They look like the most superior team in the Eastern Conference to date. Uh, the 76ers may say otherwise. I mean, they do have a stacked starting lineup. But it all comes down, and me and you can bicker on this, although I don't think you have much of a side. It's the failed leadership by Kyrie Irving. I don't think this is a man who begged for this opportunity, begged to be the man on a team. And we know he departed from LeBron and the Cleveland Cavs because he thought he was in the shadow. He comes here, look what you get. Al Horford on the back nine of his career, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, who was hurt your first year with him. It's your team. This is your team, one of the best franchises in NBA history, and you suck as a leader. Doesn't take away from his play. He's pretty good. And at a certain point, though, being pretty good isn't going to be good enough. And I know the argument. LeBron needed Kyrie to win in that Cavs-Warriors NBA Finals. But poo-poo on that because Kyrie never made the playoffs without LeBron James. So they're one for one there. And he just proved, I mean, they lost to LeBron last year. They looked horrendous against Giannis. So to me, as long as there's a power greater than Kyrie, which it seems to be more often than not, they're just going to collapse and they're going to fold. And he can't find where he wants to fit in. I mean, I can't believe he doesn't want to fit in with the Celtics team. I think he can go totally fine. And those players are going to grow. And this is going to be a good Boston team year in and year out. And with the dissolve of, hopefully, the Warriors in the near future, this NBA will come to a little bit more of a homeostasis where we're going to enjoy more balance in the league. But I'm over Kyrie. We have a snip list, and John Gruden definitely took the brunt of it last week. I'm throwing Kyrie on there. Give him a snip. I don't care what jersey number he's wearing. I don't care that he played for Duke. I don't care where he played in high school. Snip, snip. Kyrie Irving. You're a horrible leader. Time to play second fiddle to somebody else. Oh, and that somebody else will be Kevin Durant when you guys both head to New York. How was that take, Wits? Are we? Uh, you think I hit Kyrie right on the head with that one? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Kyrie is the number one for an NBA championship team. Wow. I, mean, I think it's, it's very. <laughs> that's a big wow. Is Dame Lillard a number one on a championship team? Um, I think the story is still out. I will give him an opportunity. More than more so than Kyrie though. Ah, uh, that's yeah, tough. Okay. I do I do like Lillard a lot better, so it's what hard for Westbrook? me to say no, dude. I I can't say. I was gonna bring up Westbrook next because he's one of my other biggest losers from this year's NBA playoffs. I mean, Big it's loser. difficult it's difficult to watch someone play as hard as Westbrook does, but this was a very another ugly, another short postseason run. For Westbrook and the Thunder, um, 36% from the field. A lot of his misses coming right around the rim on pull-up jumpers. Um, you know, this guy gets a lot of flack for his three-point shooting. And he actually shot almost as bad on two-pointers, 37%, as he did on his threes. He's around 32.5%. Um, they lose a series in five games. And I think there's just there's remains a lot of questions about can this guy lead, you know, OKC to a title post Kevin Durant and I have to think right now the answer is no I mean I haven't seen anything the past few years that shows me that Russell Westbrook's the guy to take you know to take a team to the finals I mean Roz if we're looking back I think 10 years we're looking back a long time I mean what true point guard besides Steph Curry has been able to lift a team and you know win an NBA championship 
I think it's part it's of a while, team. It's been a while, hasn't it? No, right. But I think it's it used to be parts of a team. It's not one individual player. Like, LeBron's an anomaly. Kevin Durant's an anomaly. Although, Kevin Durant, a lot can be said for the fact that he joined three other All-Stars. I think... And Giannis, I think, is soon to be in this category. But is is where the point guard matters is their leadership role, and that's where this conversation started. And Kyrie has no leadership skills. And so what I was about to use for you is Tony Parker. I think Tony Parker was a great leader, regardless of sleeping with his teammate's wife. Uh, I just think that Tony Parker in the clutch in those big games was huge for that Spurs team, and that's why they were able to win four titles. He would be the first person that comes to my mind. Derek Fisher, in a sense. I know there's Kobe. I know there's Shaq. But he's somebody that kept those those players together. And he was a good player in his own right. It was, for me, what the point guard needs to be is not a LeBron James and not a Kevin Durant, but somebody who can control and lead the team. And I know that's tough with a lot of loud mouths and loud mouths and everything. But Dwayne Wade, even I know he was a shooting guard, but even him in Miami, he clearly worked the best with LeBron James, who clearly has been struggling to work with his team over the last stretch of years since he left Miami. I just was interested where you thought these point guards stack. I think Westbrook's the closest, actually, in terms of like a LeBron-esque or Kevin Durant player, and he can dictate and dominate. And he's had a tough go in the playoffs and. We see that in every sport. I mean, Kershaw couldn't be worse when it comes to the postseason. But uh, for me, again, this all stems back to leadership. And we're not getting a lot of it from Kyrie. And that's why they're out. They're sailed out. And I don't think I'm giving enough credit to the Bucs because I think Giannis is really there. I think he is, if not in the top two, definitely within the top three of NBA players right now. And he's going to be dominant. And rock and roll. And... I, I hope you agree on that one, but we, we paid a lot of mind to this series. Let's go to one that's still competing, one that's kind of a little bit heartbreaking. I've been a big Dame guy recently. Let's talk about Denver Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers, 2-3. People say the cakewalk of the century in terms of if they have to face the Rockets or Warriors. But this has been a fun series. How about a quadruple overtime, 140 to 137? The Nuggets have won the last two, unfortunately, and very convincingly at Tuesday night uh, against the Blazers. It is going to be in Portland for game six here tonight. We're super early here on the West Coast. How do we feel about this series? Are we going to get some Dame magic? And can you push the envelope for Dame? If Dame can get past this series, does he shock the Warriors maybe without a Kevin Durant in their lineup? That's very interesting, Roz. Um, I'm a big Dame fan. I really always have been, and I think now we're seeing – you know, his play come out on just, you know, the biggest stage. He's always been a very good player, but I don't know if people really put him in that upper echelon. Um, but I think I have to put him there now. I mean, I think how many people picked the Trailblazers, you know, to lose to the Thunder in the first round after, you know, Jusip Nurkic's season-ending industry injury, if I'm not just <laughs> The season-ending industry. We're talking like Dow Jones over here. Yeah. Um, so not only did uh, Lillard lead the Blazers to a five-game victory in that series, um, but he sent the Thunder home in just just the most savage way possible. You know, with the walk-off 37-footer um, over Paul George. So I think he's no matter how me, he's given me some of the best playoff buzzer beaters of all time. Like, and we've watched even with March Madness actually in it. I think two. I can think to two buzzer beaters, and Dame Lillard is in both of them. Yeah, I mean he, he's an unbelievable player. And I think this I think this series is gonna go to seven games. The Nuggets, 
they're an awfully good team, and I think I, I definitely underestimate. Starts down low, right? Starts down low. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic, I think, is one of the better big men in the NBA. But, I mean, I think they showed a lot of grit in that first series versus the Spurs. I mean, I know they're the two seed playing a seven, but, I mean, for as long as we've been alive, the Spurs have always had a good competitive basketball team. And the Nuggets, I mean, they've been all over the place, but they, you know, they had a really good year this year. Showed a lot of fight, a lot of grit in that first-round series, and they find themselves one game away from the conference finals. But I do think this game goes to seven. And a seventh, you know, seventh game, any series is always a toss-up. Um, but, I mean, a little uninspiring effort by the Blazers last game, getting blown out by 26 points. I thought it was going to be a better game than that. Like you mentioned, you know, four-overtime game, um, that, that was an awesome game. And this series has been pretty good so far. So I'm going to I'm going to take Portland in 6 and I'm going to take them in game 7. I think Damian Lillard is going to be the star once again. Um but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Nuggets were able to take it home because they do have a very good basketball team. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking for me and usually you know how I get I get really salty if I bet on a team and they really let me down. So taking the Blazers plus 6 in that last game definitely wasn't fun, but I am not picking against the Blazers for that. I'm picking against them because I think the low post of the Denver Nuggets has been too much. And they have sustainable guard play with Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. And without, like you said, it's not, what is it, Nurkic? Yeah, Nurkic is the one who's hurt. The Jokic, Nurkic, how many other Russians we got to get in here? Soon Putin's going to claim he can play in this league. Um, But it's too much down low. And I think we've seen that. There hasn't really been anybody who's been able to match up with Nikola Jokic. I think that's going to continue to overwhelm the Trailblazers. I I hope for them to pull out uh, the win tonight. I don't think that's going to be the case. Obviously, when you guys hear this show, it'll, you'll probably know the outcome. Um, but I, I think the Nuggets are going to hold on and take this and then potentially just get handled in the next round. But before we talk about the best series, in my opinion, which is the Rockets-Warriors, we're going to go to the active live one right now. Philadelphia up 15 at halftime at home here in Game 6. They're down 3-2. I picked them to pull away and win this game. Setting up a great Game 7 gives me the opportunity to talk about the 76ers, but I want your take early and often. What do you think about this series, and do you think this is going to end... Do you think the Raptors will come back tonight, or do you think they're going to have to close it off in seven? Dude, I think they come back tonight. Um, I'm very disappointed with the way Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have been playing. Um, I mean, you know, call it with Embiid, bad knee, illness, uh, not Joel. Yeah, but when team. is he not hurt? That's my biggest I, qualm with the guy. That That's mine, too. I mean, How can you be an elite great, player? I, I agree. I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Um, you really can't be elite when you can't stay on the floor. And, you know, the Raptors have pretty much nullified Embiid. You know, he's had a great Game 3 performance, um, but putting up 16, 12, 11, and 13 points in the other four playoff games, that's just not going to cut it. And, you know, at Ben Simmons as well, I mean, buddy, what's going on here? I mean, second-year All-Star, he's been pretty much a non-factor against the Raptors averaging fewer than 10 points and five assists per game, um, you know, after averaging 17 and eight during the regular season. But Simmons just, he kind of looks lost out there, you know, outside of transition where he's usually a major threat. He just doesn't really have any presence on the court. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Kawhi Leonard because he, I think, is 
I think coming back into people's minds a little bit is, you know, we remember him as one of the best, probably the best two-way player in the NBA, and he's been showing out this postseason um, for the Raptors, and I think people forgot just how good he actually is. No, yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's cool. It's a new territory, Kawhi Leonard in the Eastern Conference, and they, they're they're really working well together, this team, and I think that's helping in somewhat of a dismantling of the 76ers team. Again, they're up 15 at halftime. Anything can happen. I think they're not going to lose at home. Hopefully Kevin Hart's there to help rally the troops, although every time Kevin Hart gets in somebody somebody's ear, it turns out to be horrible. Just look at James Harden's 51 he put up on the 76ers uh, when they were playing in Philadelphia. I'm going to go with the Raptors in this series, um, but my where this is going to sound confusing, I understand this, if the 76ers get by with the type of series that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons has, has had, I'm feeling good because... This is a team that, like I said, they're starting five. Tobias Harris, uh, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. That's a pretty stacked lineup. And I know the Bucks are very good and probably have more depth, which is, I've heard, the issue with the 76ers. But that's a tough lineup that can punch you in the mouth fast and keep it going. Giannis, again, traditionally not a great shooter. I know the Bucks can shoot some threes. But if they get ahead of the Bucks, that kind of nullifies... Giannis in a sense and it would make for an interesting series I don't think they get there I think it's going to be the Raptors to get by in seven if it has to come to that but let's talk about this sad series let's just talk about the sad state of the NBA wits we've got bad basketball we've got maybe eight teams that compete at a high level you came up with it before the show. I'm one. We're done with the drama. Two. We're done with the bad basketball. Three. Let's just do an eight-team single elimination playoff and call it the entire season. We're over it. We're over it. Are we not? I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Just super over it. Our our teams handle it in the NFL in one game. We don't need a fucking seven-game series. Uh, and it's just the divaness, the drama. The NBA is so much more extra than on the court because the product on the court doesn't live up to the drama we hear in the media. I mean, you just said it. I mean, Russell Westbrook alone this postseason, no comments. Next question, not answering. Like, do your job. You're paid millions of dollars. Just talk to the media. And if they say dumb questions, give them dumb responses. Don't entertain them, but don't shut them down or deny them. It's just annoying. It looks bad on you. Um, and that goes for everybody because, first off, the, the drama isn't just with the media. It's with the locker room as well. And let's get to that because this series has been filled with drama, referees especially, pokes in the eyes especially, injuries, bad calls, whatever you want to call it. This Rockets-Warriors series, now 3-2, now clearly going to be closed by the Warriors. It's unexcusable that the Rockets couldn't find a way to win Game 5 with Durant not even being in the game. That's my first take. Yeah, and look at you know James Harden, reigning MVP, back-to-back scoring champion, was seemed like he wasn't even on the court the last few minutes there of Game Five. You look at you know Harden checked back into the game with seven minutes eight seconds remaining, attempted one shot from the floor the remainder of the game, a layup um, that cut the deficit to three with 18 seconds remaining. Didn't touch the ball on multiple possessions. I mean. James Harden is a guy who I just don't – like he needs the ball in his hands. He's a guy I don't even think he knows how to play the game without the ball because <laughs> he has it all the time. So the fact that 
he only put up one shot. You know, he's their best player with you know seven minutes left in the game. Um, I don't understand it. I'm at a loss for words. Not to say that I was watching the game very closely, but this is a game they needed to win. You know, Durant out of the game, 2-2, golden opportunity to get to the conference finals, and now they're going to have to win, you know, back-to-back games. Um, but maybe this is their year, because they were up 3-2 last year and with two huge halftime leads and could it get it done. So maybe this is their year. But also Chris Paul, um, one of the worst playoff shooting performances of his career, 11 points on 3 of 14 shooting, missed all of his six three-point attempts. I mean, your two best players, that kind of effort in a huge game five versus the best team in the league, not going to get it done. Absolutely not. No, it's not. Um, but there is no Durant the rest of the way, which opens the door a little bit. I think with some woes, I mean, Steph Curry has had a little bit of trouble. Draymond is, hasn't been the player or is the player that he was when it was just the original three. I think the door's open. Steve Kerr just said Durant's done for the remainder of the series, which I that's just annoying. Why even say that? Is that like for motivation? Is that for play? Is that for media? Is that to get the idea that the series is going to be won for the ages now and Durant went down? I Let's just put call spade to spade here. Now they're a little bit lesser. Harden needs to step up. If he doesn't, it'll be easy. The Warriors walk by. But if Harden's giving it his best, we could get two games from the Rockets that change the course of time and send the Warriors into their spiral. I mean, obviously, we've got the big free agencies coming up for the Golden State Warriors, but I think the Warriors hang on. They're really that team of destiny in terms of they were allotted the best players in the league. It's over for me, but Wits, do you have a fighting shot for the Rockets? you think no Durant in the next two games is a pivotal move? Yeah, I think they have a chance, but... I Keep still in mind, like- plus seven and a half are the Warriors, the biggest underdogs they've been under Steve Kerr in the postseason. That's that's a lot of points, even without Kevin Durant. Um, and I think the war, I think the excuse me, I think the Rockets definitely have a chance here. But I'm looking at one guy to absolutely light it up, and that's going to be Steph Curry. Um, you know, Steph Curry was, I think, the basketball poster child those first couple NBA titles with the Warriors, and then when Kevin Durant came. You know, he was still definitely in the picture, but I think took a little bit of a backseat to a guy overall who's probably a little bit a little bit better basketball player. Kevin Durant, I always thought, was the best player in the league the past five or six years. Um, but Steph Curry, I think people kind of forget. I mean, he was the, the key cog in the Warriors in those first couple titles before Durant came over. So I think he can absolutely handle the load, and I'm looking for him to put up 25 or 30 shots in Game 6. I think it's going to be awfully exciting. Um and I think if there's any guy that you want to take over the game, you know, as a fan of the Warriors, it's Steph Curry, man. I mean, he's done it before. He continues to be a great player in the postseason as well. I mean, I think people don't realize how great he is, you know, when it really counts. So I think he's going to have a huge game and a huge series. And uh, I think they're going to lean on him as they should. And I think they're going to take out the Rockets. Wow. So... We've got Warriors, you've got Warriors Blazers, I've got Warriors Nuggets, and we have it both Raptors Bucks because, well, the Bucks have already decided it for us. How do we see these playing out? Is is this an easy road for both Bucks and Warriors? That's what it looks like to me, but is there going to be a fight given from either team? I think there's going to be a fight given more by the Raptors than whoever wins the Trailblazers Nuggets series. 
I think I still think Golden State without Kevin Durant is the best team in the West. Um, I don't know Milwaukee versus Golden State. I think that'll be quite a series, especially if Durant's not a hundred percent. But I think Golden State is going to come out of the West again, and I have to like the Bucks right now, either over the Raptors or the 76ers, whoever happens to win out in that series. I think they're just a better team. And even like you said, even if the 76ers come back and win, even with that very powerful starting lineup, I think there's a reason the Bucks have just been playing some incredible basketball all year. It's because they are they are a great team, and I think they are better than the 76ers and the Raptors. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see the Raptors move on. I'd love to see Kawhi in another conference final matching up against Anacumpo. So I do like the two favorites here. I like the Warriors and I like the Bucks to get to the finals and match up in what should be a pretty a pretty good series, I think. So LeBron made eight NBA finals in a row. Can you say to me that either this Raptors team or this Bucks team, and really I'm more curious about the Bucks team, are better than the LeBron James teams that made the NBA Finals. Say LeBron didn't leave the East. Is Giannis still going to dominate this season and make his first NBA Final? Are they a better team than the LeBron-led teams? I think they are a better team than those Is LeBron. Is it easy just to say because he's gone? Uh, I mean, I think it's easier because I think it you know, makes it harder to remember what he actually was. But I, don't, I don't think those, you know, those Cavs teams were that great. Um, but you know, the, looking at those Heat teams with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, I mean, those were some those were some pretty amazing teams. Yeah, but I mean, then look at those Cavs teams, though. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll never know. But I I think this Bucks team would match up with those Cavs teams. Um, I think I think they're great. So it's, it's hard to say, but I, I I say they would compete. I don't think right. LeBron. If we had this type of team every year, I don't think LeBron would make it to the finals every year against the Bucks. That's interesting. Again, I just think him being gone opens the door for us to see everything else in the East occur. Because while he was there, it didn't matter. It would just be who next man up facing him in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know, in all honesty. I think Giannis is turning into the player that's going to be the number one player in the world at one point. Uh, I just, again, I still think LeBron would put the kibosh on the East. Uh, but for me, I mainly just ask that because if they aren't better or if they're equal to those LeBron teams, that it doesn't make much of a difference because the Warriors are going to walk over them like they did the teams we used to see in the past. But I'm basketballed out. Are you basketballed out? I am basketballed. I've been basketballed out since the first week. Right. Are we going to get that? Let's just do that single elimination, eight-team playoff. No series games. Let's just end it that way, right? I'm in. I'm totally in. in. All right, Adam Silvers, you heard heard it here first. Money purposes might be not great, uh, cutting 82 games down to eight, but uh, we can make it work. We'll figure it out. We can we can get it done. Um, let's do since I robbed you of this last week. We're gonna do Major League Baseball power rankings. We're we have to. You know what we have to do? It's like when you're making the turn at the Masters. We got to go through Witch's corner. Because in order for you to do the power rankings, I have to make you as uncomfortable as I can by giving you a power rankings of people, items, objects, things, events, places that you may have nothing to do with, but you do have to rank them from your favorite to your least favorite. Are you ready for this before Major League Baseball power rankings? I'm ready. Lay it on me. Okay. 
Xander, I'm going to need you in the spirit of Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran having a new song coming out tomorrow. I'm going to need you to rank your top five pop male artists of today. Here are your five wits. We've got Justin Bieber, Nick Jonas, Harry Styles, Ed Sheeran, and Shawn Mendes. Um, no, you gave an ooh. See, I think you might secretly like a couple of these guys, but I'm, I'm just curious to see what you do here. And I will take offense if Justin Bieber's not your number one. And who, so you said Bieber, Jonas, Harry Styles, the last two? Sean Mendez and Ed Sheeran. Okay. Um, <laughs> Look at the uncomfortable. He's sweating. I got him on Skype. I can already I'm see sweating. them. Yeah, he's red as hell, too. Down my forehead. My number one, I, I got to go with Jay Biebs. Yes. Um, okay. As much. I I He's having to, fun. I'm having fun. I used to hate on Bieber a lot when I was younger because I thought it was the cool thing to do. But there, there's no lying that the guy has made some great songs, songs that I've been playing in my car for a long time. Um, so I can't deny the fact. Baby, super, baby, oh, not that one. I'm, I'm a big sorry. I'm a big sorry guy. That, that's oh. one of my top songs from Bieber. Um, so Bieber's my number one. Number two, uh, the rest of these guys, I don't can tell you anything wow. about them. But I do like Ed Sheeran. Oh, no, I okay. think he's got some good songs. I like his vibe. The shape of you. Yeah, yeah, that, like that, a magnet do. that that was definitely overplayed. I know, but uh, is that your number? He's your number two. Is what you're saying? A club is he's my number two. Uh, number number three. This is a toss-up, but I'm gonna go with uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick Jonas. Jonas Brothers. Uh, I forgot which one. One of them married Sansa Stark, so he's Not my him. number. His brother two. Joe. I didn't put Joe brother, in this power ranking. Whatever. One of them. Uh, <laughs> Then four and five, I'm going to go Harry Styles, Shawn Mendes. Wow. You definitely listen to more Shawn Mendes, and you don't know that. I I, just know for a fact you botched that. You're absolutely right. I probably do listen to more Shawn Mendes, but I don't know it, so I can't put him in front of a guy whose name is a little bigger. Um, I just see it more often. That's just my my world, um, which I'm not really into the pop, you know, the boy pop artist type of thing. But that's my top five. There you have it. I got thrown up. Our one two is exactly the same, so I'm like I'm really happy with you. Round of applause. This is this was a big moment for you. You did a great job, Wits. So now you can put the sweat, bring the towel out, wipe it off. We can go to what you do best. Give us a little bit of Major League Baseball power rankings. Fill us in on what we've been missing, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the color for this commentary. I just uh, you you lead the way here. Start from the top, and uh, I'll try to fill in where I can. Yeah, so, you know, I, I usually look at both power rankings, ESPN and CBS Sports, and we've got a little bit of a disparity here. So this is what kind of makes it fun. Um, you know, who is actually the best team in the league? And right now, call it a home bias, call me a homer, but I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubbies. Wow. It's my number one team in the power rankings. Starting off at one and six, everybody is worried that they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to compete in the Central. They look like the best team in baseball right now. Um, Sixteen and four in their last twenty. The Cubs pitchers have a two six four ERA at home right now. Wrigley Field. I think they're going to take the Central. Um, I know it's a little bit early to call it. We're only thirty five games in, and they they do have the Cardinals in that division and the Brewers. But I really love what the Cubs are doing right now. They're playing great baseball. Um, Number two, I'm going to go with the L.A. Dodgers. These are two big powerhouse teams. Cody Bellinger continuing to tear the cover off the ball. He had a bad week, only went 5 for 16 this week with two RBIs. Um, 
guy is killing it. And a guy a little under the radar, Hyunjin Ryu, who allowed one run in eight innings on Wednesday, lowered his ERA to 2.55, two walks in 35 and a third innings this year. His ERA over 21 starts the past two seasons is 2.14. So we're looking at him, Walker Bueller, if Clayton Kershaw is able to stay healthy, Rich... Uh, Hill. Get over the Rich hill. hill. I was going to say Rich Lee. It's not Rich Lee. <laughs> no, Cliff Lee. Rich, Rich Lee. Lee. Rich Hill. <laughs> Chill. Um, number three, this is a team that's, you know, one, two in the rankings on both sites, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they're, they're still playing great baseball in first place in the AL East, which I think almost nobody expected at this point in the season. They it's would really mind-boggling. Like, you have the Yankees, Red Sox, and this is the outcome so far, twenty-two or 23 and 13. That It's blowing my mind. It's it's been unbelievable, and you look at a guy who's been a major piece for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's been Brandon Lowe. I mean, you got all these big rookies up now: Eloy Jimenez, Fernando Tatis, Vlad Guerrero, Nick Senzel. But Brandon Lowe, you know, leads all second basemen in Major League Baseball in the adjusted WAR. Ranks 12th among all players in the major leagues. He has been a major, major reason why the Rays are playing such good baseball right now. Um, and fourth right now, I'm going to have to go with the New York Yankees. I mean, with all the injuries that they've had, to still be 21 and 15 at this point, um, you know, James Paxson was banged up, Aaron Judge, Stan. I mean, all these players getting hurt all the time. Look at Domingo Herman, 235 ERA, a .89 whip, and 38 in the third innings. This guy has six wins already. Um, he's been unbelievable. So, you know, the AL East, with the Red Sox making a little bit of a push here, things are heating up, and I think this is going to be— A little scary, right, that the Yankees are doing this with everybody on the— I. By the way, somebody's got to explain to me how we went to injured list from disabled list. I, I did not know this occurred. This is as of two weeks ago I was told by somebody and, like, let into the loop. But back to the point, it's scary. These guys are all on the injured list, and they're going to come back, and this team's going to be ferocious, I would assume, down the stretch, especially after the All-Star break. Yeah, the DLIL thing is kind of like the Sears Tower, Willis Tower. Cool. I mean, people, people say Willis Tower, and I, I just think Sears Tower. It's like when you're speaking, like I'm speaking Spanish, I have to translate everything into English. So like when I hear, when I hear IL, I just think, oh, it's, it's the DL. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly why they made the switch. I don't really care. Um, really works the same way. But, you know, there's a lot of great things going on in baseball right now. And even looking at the Cardinals, at 20 and 14, I think they're the fifth team in my power rankings. Um, I think their last road trip was, you know, relatively disappointing. Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, he's really fallen off a cliff after those six homers. I think in the first, it was 11 or 12 games, you know, he's batted 152 over this last eight or nine game stretch. Um, not playing well, but if you remember back to last year, Paul Goldschmidt was hitting right around the Mendoza line and had one of the biggest, biggest second halves that I can remember, um, you know, watching baseball in my life. So I think he'll be fine. I think he's still going to put up 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. Another team I'm looking at is the Minnesota Twins. Um, Nelson Cruz, he's going to get back to the postseason. The last time he hit in a postseason game was 2014, but I think he's been a big reason why the Twins are competing in wow, the AL. That's an early, early call. Can I can I call you out on this one already? You can call me out. I said I'm getting I'm, back to the postseason. Wow, the Twins. This is early. This is what I'm talking about with baseball wits. What are you talking about? They're yes, they're 23 and 12. 
You know how the AL wildcard works, and you're going to know how this division works. And unless you're really counting out the Indians, who have looked really bad as they've lost to hometown White Sox, you don't think the Indians are going to top this team? Honestly, I don't. Wow. Uh, Kluber on the IL for several weeks after getting nailed in the elbow. That was a a brutal, brutal scene. If you guys have ever, anybody who's ever pitched out there, that ball comes back awfully fast up the middle. That was pretty tough to watch. Mike Clevenger also on the IL. You know, they don't know when he's going to return. Maybe sometime in June, maybe later. Um, But, you know, the Indians are struggling right now outside of anyone not named Francisco Lindor or Carlos Santana. And you look a couple years down the road, Lindor becoming a free agent. I mean, I feel like the Cleveland Indians, they really didn't make a big push this offseason to get a lot better. And I think that might that might play into you know how they're going to do later this season. I don't know if they have the firepower that they used to have you know, to not only win in the playoffs, but even win this division. So I like the Twins. I, I, I said at the beginning of the year I thought the Twins were going to make the playoffs. Um, but I don't, I don't, the Cleveland Indians are not the powerhouse team that they were, you know, a couple of years ago. And I think that's going to continue to show throughout the year. There's definitely still going to compete. Um, but I think a lot of that is going to have to do with Jose Ramirez had a, has had a brutal start to the season, but he, you know, seven for his last 22 with two doubles, his last six games, he got to start somewhere. And then, you know, another team that has struggled recently that I'm looking to pick it up, the Atlanta Braves. Sitting right around 500 right now at 18 and 19. Um, Mike Fulton-Nevich just came off the IL a couple starts ago. He's gotten knocked around 5.06 ERA. But, you know, I think if he can figure it out, if Sean Newcomb gets back up to the big leagues, he can figure it out. Julio Tehran, this Braves team, I think is going to be tough to deal with. I know that the Phillies, you know, probably a little better on paper. Bryce Harper, pitchers throwing great. Aaron Nola's had two good outings in a row. Zach Eflin's pitching amazing. Um but I think the Braves are another team to look out for. But I mean, baseball. This has been pretty fun so far. I mean, we've got you know some it's teams. Jam pack top is what I'm seeing. A lot of a lot of teams getting over the 20 win mark at this point. It's going to be a lot of racing when it comes down to September. It's definitely been fun. It's been early, but it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, you you look at every division. There's at least two teams competing. I mean, the AL East. You know, we've got the Rays, the Yankees. The Red Sox are five games back, so I mean they're not, not out of it by any stretch. The Central, you've got the Twins, the Indians, and then after that, uh, I don't need to talk about that. Um, but in the West, <laughs> you've got the Mariners, you got the Astros, and after that, I think the division definitely falls off. But Seattle, they got off to a very hard, hot start. Haven't been great lately, two and eight in their last ten. But they're a team I think that's going to compete, um, especially with one of their new pitchers, Kikuchi. Another guy from across the pond. Um, he had a great start the other night. And then looking at the NL, you know, you've got the Phillies, Braves, Mets are seventeen and twenty, but I think they can still hang Dude, in there. You hang on way too hard to these Mets. I Let's can never go now. Division can, percentage, ten percent chance to win it, seventeen percent chance to just even make the postseason. I'm I'm ready for whenever you want to give up. I'm never giving up. And then Never the NL, NL Central might be the best division in baseball. you got the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals. And I think, I think the biggest division disparity at the end of the year, at the end of 162, will be in the NL West. Um, I think the Dodgers are clearly the best team in that division. But you got to give a lot of credit to the D-backs and the Padres. I think they've been playing a lot better than people thought they would. And then you've got the Rockies, who I thought, and especially myself, I had a lot of high hopes 
they're not showing me much right now. Um, you know, over there, 17 and 20. John Gray's been okay. Kyle Freeland's been okay, but they're they're going to need to step it up. Herman Marquez, um, you know, that's a team that can make a run, and they do have a lot of a lot of great talent. Especially you got Nolan Arenado, one of the best hitters in the game. Um, but I do think at the end of the year that is going to be the biggest separation from first to second place. But other than that, I mean, this has been a good baseball season so far. Um, and that's you know, once the NBA is over, that's all I'm going to watch. Baseball. Uh, you gotta you gotta love the golf a little bit. Golf is all. I always watch golf. Yeah, and I mean, when we say we'll always watch golf, that usually means we'll just watch the majors. Right, and that's for a casual fan like myself. That's what I mean when I say I'm watching golf. I would say we do a pretty good job. Our my team was stacked when it came to the Masters, but uh, of course everyone else had stacked teams as well. Well, Wits, I hope you enjoyed Major League Baseball power rankings this week. I promised him. And I promised you that if you gave us two episodes a week, I would let you get do Major League Baseball power rankings every week. But we'll get we'll get on that schedule soon. We're working on it. We've got a financial advisor and a potential talent manager and a guy who really is just a jack of all trades and myself. Um, but Wits, any parting news you got? Any like weird sports stories that uh, you're surprised happened this week or wanted to bring up this week? You still dislike John Gruden? That's a that's a question. Yeah, I'm not a big fan, but, you know, he could change my mind this year. But I think interesting news out of Jaguars camp. um, Kelvin Smith, you know, says he won't play in 2019. This is a guy who's a former Pro Bowler, 2017 for the Jags. So, you know, if we thought they had a rough year last year, this could could be a little more trouble brewing in the water for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very fair. Yeah, that's uh, only NFL news I feel like we're going to get for the next couple months although we're gonna have fun we are kyler murray signed a deal four years that's your exciting news the rookie number one overall pick gets a deal yeah wow i mean he's holding out now somebody listening to this whole episode and got to right here they're disappointed with the news you just brought up i was gonna be (laughs) exciting get people excited for the future of the opening line with our fantasy reviews once all those come out in july and august and uh, we can rip on Antonio Brown. But we'll have to save it, and I hope you guys are excited with that Kyler Murray news. Uh, But that is all the time we have. Wits, give your goodbyes before I uh, chime in on that. All right, everybody. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Opening line, the line keeps on moving. The line keeps on moving, and Roz keeps on closing. It has been fun having you here. We're on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast. Challenge Mania Live is coming to Hollywood, California, as well as Denver, Colorado. So if you do listen to the challenge and watch the challenge, I will be out there. We just did our Derek episode. We might have a couple more people coming on soon. Other than that, find us again, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Ethan Rose 4, or Xander Horwitz. We'll respond to your DMs, respond to your reviews, and we'll get you up on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are always growing. We're always believing. And this has been The Opening Line. Much love, everyone. Have a great night.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.